The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to the Central City Chronicle, the unofficial The Flash internet radio show exclusively on poppychuloradio.com. Poppychulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Monday, May 2nd, and I am your host, Professor X. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of The Flash. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit CW series casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Please welcome my co-host, Mike. How's it going, everyone? And our other co-hosts... Also, Mike. What's going on, everyone? And finally, Mike. Yo, yo, what's happening? (laughs) Yes, it's just the two of us. So let's jump into our recap of episode 219 titled Back to Normal, which aired on April 26th. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. We pick up with a powerless Barry trying to adjust to life as no longer the fastest man alive. He's having to deal with things like taking the bus, waiting in line, you know, just like the rest of us non-powered schlubs. Harry is still trying to track down his missing daughter, Jessie, and manages to do so, but Jessie reminds us she's still just a teenager, and instead of appreciating what her father did to keep her safe, basically calls him a monster and tells him to hit the road. Which Harry does, getting into a crash with a metahuman named Griffin Gray, who kidnaps Harry to force him to come up with a cure for his condition. See, after the particle accelerator exploded, Gray got super strength, but his aging really, really fast. And every time he exerts his super strength, he ages a little more. Back at Star Lab, Cisco realizes Harry's been taken prisoner, so he, Barry, and Joe try to mount a rescue. They fail. But they come up with a cunning plan to trick Gray into using his super strength on Barry so the metahuman ages and eventually dies. Over on Earth 2, Caitlin is Zoom's captive, but he sees her more as his bride-to-be and lets her roam around the place. She discovers her doppelganger, Killer Frost, and sets her free, only to have KF try to go all evil Elsa with an icicle. Zoom zooms in to save Caitlin, and put the kill and the frost in Killer Frost. See what I did there? He killed her with an icicle, in case I wasn't being clear. Back on Earth-1, Harry tells Barry he has a plan to help him get his speed back. He's going to rebuild the particle accelerator and reproduce the accident that gave Barry his speed in the first place, because what could possibly go wrong with that? So, Mike, what did you think of the episode? What is the flash without his speed? I mean, that the, to me, that's how I felt like. But I, I kind of felt like this episode was more on the basis of a filler episode, like as far as like the beginning and middle part. But once it got to the ending, as far as, okay, like actually moving forward with the plot, I felt like that's where, you know, it, it felt like it was actually moving forward. But like overall, it was a good episode. I mean, it was entertaining. That I mean, and that's what it's for. But as far as it actually like being great or being uh, synonymous as to what we're so expected with every week with a with the Flash, I kind of felt like it was more of like a throwback, you know, back to like season one as far as the way that the setup was. 
but overall it, it, i felt like it was too rushed but it was just a good episode like it wasn't there wasn't anything special about it i think as far as like the metahuman like that concept you know that was pretty cool you know that different you know metahuman for the week or so the the new you know minor antagonist for that particular episode uh i felt like it was good but i mean again what's the flash of that of speed you know yeah, and I think you made a good point. It did feel very reminiscent of season one, where you know right. you're introduced to a metahuman, you have to figure out who the metahuman was, figure out how to neutralize him. Only differences they're doing it without Barry's speed, but yeah, it, the only difference this time is that you know at the end we did get that uh, you know sort of mythology moving things forward uh, as far as the uh, the larger season long arc goes. Yeah. But before we get into a thorough recap, here's a few reminders on how you can interact with the show via social media. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Central City Chronicle. Follow the station on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or a blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chulo Radio programs by visiting poppychuloradio.com slash archives. And search for the Central City Chronicle through iTunes and hit the subscribe button. Okay, let's delve into the episode in some depth. We start by seeing how Barry's adjusting to normal life. Uh, you mentioned, Mike, the, uh, the diff- one of the difficulties of this episode was the Flash without his speed. What did you think of how Barry's transition was portrayed? His transition towards what specifically? Oh, to life without his speed. Uh, Barry, oh, you know, he's was... only had power for a year, but you can see how he's become dependent on it. Yeah, it, I felt like I felt like it was more more of like a crutch for him because he was so reliant of his speed and because you obviously, you know, that's what he's known for, that he legitimately uses his speed literally in almost pretty much every episode, excluding, you know, obviously this one. He doesn't have it, obviously, but he uses it every, you know, so to him, it's, it's second nature. It's subconscious for him to use it. Even if it doesn't call for it to be necessary, he still uses it anyway. So for him to have the, his powers absent right now, it it felt really, it felt really weird. Like, I don't know, like, I I felt like it was more of like a different version of the arrow in the sense that you you're not using superpowers you're using wits and, uh and your own physical capability to out you know outsmart this villain and i felt like barry's own transition you could feel that he was really bummed out i mean you can tell it felt like a part of him was lost both uh physically and emotionally like it literally you could literally see it on his face as far as not so much that he regrets making the decision but it to him it felt unfair that he had to make that decision as far as that was the end result and that was possibly the best result in that situation that he could have gotten as far as no one dying and the only uh consequence would be him losing his speed but you could tell it really it really sunk with him as far as how much he's really reliant on his speed and how much he really really likes the concept of being a hero and being you know everybody's savior and right now he can't do that 
I also kind of liked how they didn't immediately go to the old superhero trope of I've lost my powers and now people are dying. Um, you know, oh, I, I know. I would yeah. have been, I, I would have been a little agitated if they went that route. And you can see how if, no it was, if it was like Arrow or something like that, you can see how they'd, oh my God, people are dying because I, I can't do this. Whereas here it's like, oh, I've got to ride the bus with this guy sleeping on me and stuff <laughs> that like that, which funny. is a very flash touch. <laughs> so funny. Now they did allude to the uh, the idea of of you know the the larger consequences of losing his power later on when you know Cisco mentioned that you know there was an uptick in crime as people started to realize the Flash wasn't there, but they didn't make as big a deal out of it as they might have, and I think again that speaks to you know how the Flash approaches uh, or the Flash creative team I should say uh, approaches these things, which is you know keeping things light, and then there's always the darkness underneath it, but they don't have to play that in the foreground as much as another show might. Right, it was more on the concept of it gradually growing into a major problem instead of immediately being a huge issue from the very get-go of the episode. Because to me, I kind of I would have assumed that it it would be kind of unrealistic, albeit you know superheroes in this concept are unrealistic to our world that we live in, obviously. But it would kind of be unrealistic for crime to immediately jump and skyrocket up and it be just chaotic everywhere. So I do like the, how the writers approach that in the sense that you understand that, okay, he doesn't have his speed and he's absent as far as crime goes, but, you know, there are still law enforcement there. It just so happens that the crime rate is slowly, gradually getting there because they notice that the Flash isn't appearing to stop them or to do his job so i do like the create i do like how the writers approach that i thought that was really uh clever it was also interesting to find that barry is apparently a chronic coffee thief yes that was was hilarious like i thought he just calls every day how this is the flash could you leave two cups out thanks boom uh so i found that uh yeah and then and then of course showing him waiting in line was hilarious Oh, I know. Um, God, if I was him and I lost my speed and I'm waiting in the... Man, I would have lost it. Man, I seriously would have been like, oh, hell no. I'm not doing this crap today. Screw this. I'm gone. Like, no. Oh, yeah. I, I would have Although what's interesting, one thing they brought out was that, you know, Barry is very good at his job and, in fact, was able to finish all of his job in, like, half the time so that he could go hang out at Star Labs and, and you know still contribute so you know again it brought out that sense that you know his contribution not just as the flash or his contribution you could see him as a as a csi tech uh after the uh the collision with uh with harry's uh van you know yeah. he was you know jumping into and and still contributing it's it's uh it's good to see him having that roundedness he's not just a guy who runs fast Right, it's something that he's not—he's uh, not only just good because of his flash. That he has his intelligence. He's does—he does amazing work for the police, and it shows that he was able to finish his work at a really interest at a really fast pace, considering that he doesn't have his powers, and yet he was still able to accomplish so much that not many people can do what he does. And that's—that itself shows you that his powers don't necessarily define who he is as an individual it just so happens that it it benefits him and it helps him but the overall is that he still manages to make some sort of a difference regardless if his powers are there or absent 
Now, uh, I mentioned uh, Harry got into the crash. The reason he was in that crash, uh, as I mentioned, the, the brief synopsis was he managed to track down Jesse by using, you know, cell phone dead zones. Uh, she basically, once again, calls him a monster, uh, tells him to hit the road. He does. What did you think about the way they were portraying Jesse early on in the episode? And then the way they switched her pretty abruptly in the middle. I don't like her character and I did not like it in the beginning because I felt like she was being a brat and I felt like she was being a brat because she was trying to use, she was trying to use her father as some sort of justification as to what he does. And unfortunately she doesn't get the concept that you're not a parent. So you kind of don't have that extra feeling. So you can't necessarily judge your, your father. You can't judge Wells for what he did. And she uses this. Well, you know, you killed somebody to get me. And she tries, she tries to amount the fact that her father should see every life as equal when in uh, would, unfortunately the way that our social standards are, you know, that's never, never going to happen. You will always see, most people have a tendency to see their family members, you know, your brothers or your sisters, your father, or your mother, whoever, as far as who you're close with your family members, you will do whatever it takes to make sure that nothing happens to them, regardless of somebody else's well-being. It may not be the right choice and it may not necessarily be morally correct, but it's what drives you to protect your own family members because most people live in this concept that you know blood is thicker than water that you know your family comes first no matter what regardless of who they are what they are they come first and i think in her uh her reasoning is that well you don't you shouldn't have to kill somebody to come you know save me or rescue me but she doesn't understand that zoom doesn't play by the rules that zoom doesn't care what happens to anybody else his agenda is no matter what, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get what I want. And I don't care who's in front of me. It could be you. It could be anybody else. I will eliminate them because if they are a problem or if they're an issue, I will get rid of it. And Wells is trying to play the same game in the sense that, you know what? I'm going to protect my daughter from whatever the hell is attacking her or going after her. And I'm going to make damn sure that nobody messes with her. And she doesn't and she does she never got that point. And I think that's what really irks me because she never understood that he is willing to go the lanes, go to literally hell on earth to make sure that she is okay. And I think that's where it kind of just ticked me, like really irked me about her, but uh, I'm trying to like her. I'm really, really trying. It's she's she's literally giving me a reason every single time she shows up to not like her. But I don't know. It's just the way I feel about her. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think uh, you used the exact word early on. She was a brat. You know, yes. uh, no appreciation oh of what her parent had done. And again, it, it's really, you know, just played grander, no different than, than any child, uh, you know, not appreciating the sacrifices their parent has made. You know, exactly. you know, she's pissed off that he killed on her behalf. He had to kill someone to save yeah, it's her. Yeah, it's not like that was his true intention. Like it was yeah. not, it, it was not his true intention. It just so happens that the circumstances led to that, and he made the decision. You know what? I'm gonna choose my daughter over you, and that's that's normal. That's completely normal. You would think that's the better choice because that's your own daughter, and you would think 
that she would go off of this concept that, you know, he is willing to do anything to make sure that I stay safe, regardless of his own well-being, regardless of all the sacrifices he had to make to make sure I have a better life or I am safe from all this. But she he, she just doesn't get it. And it's, oh, man, it gets, oh, it really flusters me big time. I think one thing that made this episode uh, feel so different, uh, and you mentioned the idea of it being a placeholder uh, largely, is that I don't think this was an episode about Barry. This was an episode about Harry. He got resolution with his daughter. Uh, He had to face the consequences of what he's done, even though he was technically facing the consequences of what, you know, Harrison Wells did rather than what Harry did. But it's the same basic thing on a different Earth. And then, of course, came up with his cunning plan at the end. What do you think about Harry's character development this season? Because, you know, he started out as someone who was coming over here trying to find a way to kill Zoom or, uh, you know, dealing with, you know, the consequences of that. Uh, but you, you've seen how he has opened up to the team on this side and started to see them as family and, and you know, uh, liking them and trusting them. Um, what, do, what do you think of, of the development, uh, the, the portrayal of the character? I think the writers are going a really interesting route with him because as you under as we understood how it was back in season one, Harrison Wells was this all around nice guy as far as what he was portraying in the beginning. He was this really nice guy, believed in Barry, gave Barry this confidence, was treating him like a son, you know, and same thing with Cisco. You you could tell that he that the Harrison Wells that was portrayed as, as soon as you know we came to know that it was Eobon as him but regardless it was that that's who he portrayed Harrison Wells at that time and then as the seas as the end of season one came about you start learning that he had his own hidden motives that he came across as you know somebody you know not the greatest person to be with and season two as far as you know the next Wells coming out through uh, from a different earth I kind of feel like from the start, as far as him being part of it, as far as the show goes, he had the personality somewhat as Eobon in the beginning, not necessarily to kill, you know, right off the bat to get what he wants, but you could tell that he killing, if killing was an option, he would take it, assuming that to eliminate the target, that that's what he was going with as far as that he'll do whatever it takes, no matter what. And that was the same kind of parallel emotion parallel uh way of thinking that he had from the season one counterpart that was portrayed as the season moved along for season two you kind of see like how you mentioned how he starts to open up and he starts to actually engage in conversation maybe albeit not the best type of conversations but he still acknowledges that their their presence that he doesn't condescend them as far as what abilities that they have and their intelligence and i think the writers are really doing a great job developing that character how he how earth 2 is somewhat melding in with what was perceived in earth 1 and you get to see his humanity as far as towards his daughter how he actually feels bad for what he did but it feels bad that it had to come to that he doesn't feel bad for the, for the decision that he had to make because we all know that if it came down to it and he had to kill somebody he will do it again no, no matter what he will do it again to save his daughter no matter what but i think now he's starting to think more he's starting to think more emotionally instead of immediate rationale 
logical based and now you kind of get to see that trend and he's actually starting to create connections with everyone instead of uh pushing out everybody and going with i'm just gonna do me it's for me and my daughter that's it and i kind of like what the writers are doing so i'm kind of hopeful that he's gonna play a even much bigger role because he kind of already did now as far as him being there and having his daughter be a part of the universe i do want to see how the writers are gonna gonna end this season with as far as his character and I think another reason why it works is, you know, Tom Cavanaugh is, you know, a really good actor to play that role. Yes, you know, even, he is. Even, even when he was Harrison Wells at his worst, there was a, a likable quality. And, and this season when he was playing Harry as trying to be unlikable, but underneath there was still that core that I think. He yes, exactly. And it's got to be, you know, so satisfying for an actor to be able to play two characters that are so similar yet have those slight differences that you can play off, which and leads us. As the viewers, you can tell the differences. As far oh, yeah, as it's definitely. the same person, but he plays somewhat different personalities of the same person, and that is so cool. Like a perfect example, like Caitlin, how as far as uh, Danielle Panabaker, how you look at her when she plays Caitlin in Earth 1 and Caitlin in Earth 2, you you know it's the same person is from what we know. But the way that she interacts as far as with herself, it's so good. It's it's really believable that this person can play two different sets of personality but still be the same person. I think that is so amazing. Oh, and I thought that was the best part of this episode. Oh, was, yes. Uh, when you it, got it was really good. Caitlin, you know, talking to Killer Frost. And in fact, I got to say, the biggest surprise I had in the whole episode was where, because I'd forgotten completely about Killer Frost. I'd assumed she was dead. Uh, you know, when, you know, uh, Caitlin is just sort of wandering around, looking around, and then comes face to face with her doppelganger. Uh, what did you think of the reveal? Because I was just totally taken by surprise. I'd completely forgotten about it. As far as uh, Kevin just Frost her coming face to face with her doppelganger on the other side of the globe. I had a feeling she was eventually going to come across her doppelganger. I just didn't expect it to be like this, as far as her being held up in a cell at the same formality as Caitlyn but I really liked the interaction it was really good like the interaction was really good it felt like they were sisters because sisters in the sense that they are similar but they have their differences and as an actress actor that is really good to do that's very impressive in order to play the same character but just with who ended up in different routes of their life different personalities at the end of the at the end of you know their teenage going into their adult years that's really amazing that was really i that interaction was so good and it was cool because what i liked was when they talked about their mother like each other's own mother and how you know one of them has a brother and the other one doesn't and how caitlin turned out to go into medical school and uh the other caitlin from earth 2 she said yeah you know i was but then i dropped out i didn't want to do it i think that is so cool that that interaction was really well played i really like that that was really good well the other thing too is i think nothing that happened in that uh exchange was was there by chance i'm sure they were you know laying the the ground for we're going to meet caitlin's mom at some point you uh, think if so not this season then next oh i think definitely i think they, they've set but, up but the you, idea but, I, but now but you raise a really good interesting point and question what do you think the mother is going to be involved with 
because I, have I mean, no idea, yeah. right? It's really, it's really weird because you would think that okay, they usually how TV shows works is that if they bring up a character that has never been broadcast, it has never been shown in the actual show. You would think, oh, okay, they're gonna make some sort of an appearance, kind of like uh, from Arrow, Felicity's mom. How Felicity's yeah. mom never really made an appearance in the beginning, but then she started getting attention as far as a name and you know saying you know felicity's mom or you know they made a reference to it and then she comes out and she turns out to be a very likable character i mean a lot of people like her i personally like her i think she's great for the show i just want to know how are they going to go the same route in the sense that you know felicity very intelligent woman uh great you know personality and then the mother's all cuckoo crazy happy-go-lucky kind of goes with the flow you know, is the mother going to be portrayed that way, or is she going to be portrayed a different way? And if so, I, how much of an impact is she going to have? Yeah, my guess is they're going to go an opposite route. Uh, just the way that both Caitlyn's, both Caitlyn and Killer Frost, were talking about their mom as sort of, you know, pun not intended, an ice queen, uh, and difficult. Oh, I, that's I think right. that's they more likely. How she was. I, re I really, really want to know now. Like, how... well, the other thing that I think might be interesting is uh, now that Caitlin has found out that you know her alternate self had a brother. Will Caitlin go back and find maybe she's got a brother she didn't know about or something like that? Ooh, and then that... you know maybe that brother will be a metahuman and da da da. Or da, 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 a metahuman that's a villain, or a metahuman that's somewhat related to somebody else, or with that would yeah. be pretty cool. I'd yeah, be, and again, I'd, I'd, totally okay I'd with be that. expecting that within the next couple of episodes, except that, you know, they're almost done this season. So I, I can't see them doing it, you know, within four episodes when you've got to wrap everything else up. Um, and it's, it's interesting because I don't know if you remember back in season one, kind of like how when uh, Barry tried going back in time as far as through the particle accelerator and you saw like glimpse in images and we saw the image of Killer Frost. And everyone tried making the assumption that Caitlyn's going to turn evil and is going to turn into a villain. But then they brought out, you know, other universes as far as Earth 2 goes. And we learned, oh, okay, you know, Earth 2 Caitlyn turned into a villain. Will they will they go ahead and use because they've already set this set the, the tone for that, that other universes can come into play. So do we think as far as. It's a possibility where the this, she may have a brother that she may not even know and may be a villain, or will he come into, you know, where uh, he gets to know, I don't know, uh, Wally as a friend, and then that would be pretty interesting. Comes in, you know, becomes Wally's friend or something, and then that's how he makes the transition into the show. So I, I don't know. I they what I like about the show is that the route the route that they're going it's really good as far as the pace of it and as far as what the end result and end game that they want to go for as far as you know zoom and barry clashing it out but they're they have so much room for so many different ideas because they allowed themselves to have that that you can't really go wrong with whatever direction that they go in because they're not limited to a linear path of this it has to be like this or the next episode needs to focus on this they can pretty much do whatever they want and i like that well, and also, you mentioned the idea of uh, of Caitlyn, you know, uh, not becoming uh, Killer Frost here. But, you know, if they're going to set off a particle accelerator again, who knows what crop of new metahumans they're going to spawn, possibly exactly. including yes. Caitlyn. Or, you know what? Now that I was thinking about that, how they said that, you know, particle accelerator, what about Wally getting speed? 
That's what I was, I was thinking. It would be hilarious. If, and I know this is not going to happen, but what I would love for them to happen is they set it off. Jesse becomes Jesse quick. Wally becomes the new Flash. Oh, Barry is God. still powerless. <gasps> but you've got two speedsters to go up against him. I think that would be a brilliant resolution, except that I know they're not going to do that because no. the show is so based around Barry. They could maybe do that for an episode or two, but then they yeah, have to find a way like, they would Barry sacrifice their speed. speed to him. Yeah. yeah, like Barry gets his speed back some other way. But, but I think that, that would be a brilliant way to handle because could Zoom handle because, you know, even if Barry gets his speed back, presumably he wouldn't be as fast as Zoom, who has his speed as well as Zoom's speed and the Velocity 9 speed. But if there were two super speedsters facing down Zoom, then that might, you know, balance things out a little bit. But I guess I, I would like for that to be a reality, but I feel like because of the number of episodes that are left in the season. Oh, uh, yeah. Either that or it's going to be like end of, end right? of season. Because, you know, you Barry know. had to go through so much crap for experience to, you know, as far as how to manipulate uh, to manipulate electricity coming out from him and actually using it as a projectile coming out from him or using his hands to safely use as a whirlwind to catch people or things like that. That's the only thing I'm like, oh, like if you just add a couple more episodes for the season, then yeah, you could totally do it. I, I would imagine you could but because the season is now, you know, coming to an end. I don't know. Like, I, I would like to think that Wally is going to get more showtime because of it, because that's the character name, and everybody who has seen the TV shows, uh, you know, animated TV shows, or has read the comics, or even on Wikipedia about a character, they would know that this person has speed also. So, I've, I'm really. I'm really excited. I'm actually really pumped and excited to see, okay, when the particle accelerator does happen. Who from Barry's family and Barry's inner circle is gonna get affected by it? Because we already know that Cisco Cisco already has abilities. So will the particle accelerator influence it and make him that much more powerful? And then that's where he could fight as far as have his own inner demons come at him again? I don't know. Well, actually, it's, it's interesting. In the comics, I know that uh, one of the things that they established with Vibe was that the character of Vibe could actually block the speed force. Because yes. the speed force is extra dimensional. So, you know, I was just, I'm, I'm kind of thinking that that would be a way to deal with Zoom if they were willing to, you know, tap into that. But they, they, they mentioned the speed force, but they don't really deal with it that Yeah, much. they didn't necessarily go into much detail. The only detail that they use was that, oh, the speed force does exist, or there's multiple flashes that was mentioned by Zoom in previous episodes. But again, they have so, so many choices that, that are available to them that, I'm okay with it because I'd rather have the writers have so much stuff to choose from than versus only staying on a linear path and having to go this route because that's the way that the show is developed. So I like that they're given much more opportunity to actually use a creative insight as to how they want to end this particular season. Now, you mentioned uh, Wally, and, uh, you know, obviously anyone who's familiar with the comics is just waiting for, you know, uh, the, you know the accident will give uh, Wally the speed. And Wally got a bit more screen time in this episode, even though there was no real reason for it, aside from him, you know, basically complaining <laughs> no to his dad, reason. I want to thank the Flash. Um, now, was there any more significance to that, him insisting on talking to Flash, just to reinforce Barry sense that he did the right thing, or are they trying to... Uh, again, establish that contact. And did you notice, by the way, when he called Joe dad? Yes, I did. I'm like, yes, that's your dad. Yes. 
Yes, he is your dad. Thank you. Um, as far as it being significant, maybe I'm giving him too much credit. I probably am, but I feel like it was more on the because I would like to think Wally is not stupid. That Wally kind of has this preconception that the Flash is Barry, considering that he mentioned certain things that happened that seem all far too coincidental for it to be too, you know, for it to just, you know, it just happened. I would like to think that he was using that meeting as a way to thank Barry, but I would like to think he knows who he is. He just doesn't want to say it and would rather have Barry tell him or I, I would I would think and maybe again maybe I'm giving him too much credit but I would like to think that it's more on the basis of him trying to establish some sort of connection to the to you know somebody who sacrificed his speed because he knows he sacrificed his own speed to save him and Wally at that time feels insignificant because he made the uh he made the idea that I'm just you know a person what why could why would he possibly do that and I feel like Joe wants to tell him, but he can't because it's not his secret to tell. So, exactly, but again, yeah. I, I would like to think that Wally already knows. I, oh my, I just want him to know already, damn it. But again, I would like to, I would like to think Wally already knows and he just used that little conversation to further, uh, further reasoning uh, for, for him to actually believe, you know what? Uh, to see if his evidences would back, you know, back his claim. So that's what I think. But I think we'll find out hopefully later in the season, but we'll see where the route takes them. Now, we've already talked a little bit about uh, the consequences of uh, of Harry's plan, which I, I'm assuming they're going to do, of, of setting off the uh, particle accelerator, another explosion. One thing I thought was interesting that they sort of played off nicely in this episode by getting back to that season one vibe of, of a metahuman and dealing with a metahuman was the fact that this metahuman, Griffin Gray, you know, his life was ruined by the particle accelerator and he died uh, in the end of the episode as a result of it. So I think it's it's kind of, you know, good storytelling to remind people that for Harry, it's one thing for Harry to say, we're just going to set off the particle accelerator again, but it's just going to screw up a lot of other people's lives. So I thought that was yeah. really effective, sort of reminding us that this is not just getting Barry's power back. This could be bad for a lot of other people. Yeah, I agree. Uh, now, one other thing we we talked about uh, just to end on, it, it, it's it's it, you know, I mean, they give us twenty two or however many episodes per season, so it's probably a little uh, churlish of me to complain, but it does seem a little rushed. It's like you know, yes. everything is cramming together, and and you know, like, well, look at it. what do like you feel like? like the what do you feel like stuff. is the most rushed part, though? To me, I felt like it was more of like, as far as the wells. Uh, issue. I feel like that was rushed, and I can understand why. Oh yeah, like why. the resolution with his daughter and everything. Yes, like that. I that feel like that was, was really rushed. like how you had mentioned how she abruptly just went from disowning him, not liking him, calling him a monster to I understand. Uh, I'll be there for you, but it's like don't be a don't be a brat, don't be a bitch. No, 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 no. You can't be a chancla. You can't be a flip flop. No, 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 no. Like. Although I think there's a, there's a certain reality to that, which is that it's it's one thing to like be you know I'm never talking to you again you know to a, you know a, a loved one, but then you see them in danger and suddenly you know the, the flips the I'll switch flips that. and yeah. she felt she was in the same situation that her father was in, right? And I think she mentioned that you know she you know only had to deal for an hour 
with her dad being, uh, you know, abducted, and she realized what she would have done to bring him back. So I thought maybe that was, but I just meant more in the terms of like, if assuming we want to deal with Zoom completely, but we also have to, you know, rebuild the particle accelerator, and you know, um, not the next episode, but the one after that is the Kevin Smith episode, which is not really a mythology episode. So that's going to be a bit of a placeholder as well, as near as I can understand. Uh, not to spoil your spoilers. But it just does seem to me that, man, there's a lot that they're going to have to cram into those final couple of episodes. And, and I don't know how they're going to do it. All. Man, I want to know, are they going to do like a lot of action? Like, I, I really would like to think they're going to they're gonna have to. Or they're going to maybe do like one or two episodes that are full of, drama, full of drama and then like the last one full of action. Where they just cram or, all of the action all at once. Yeah, or just end on a cliffhanger. Ah, uh, don't tell. They, so, they, no. they know they've got that. us hooked. They, I, uh, don't I, do I don't want to suggest that to don't any do, writers. Don't do this to me, professor. No, 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 no. Because I swear Speaking to God, if they put us there, I'm gonna come back at you. Well, that that's my honestly my expectation for a cliffhanger at the end is that they probably deal with Zoom, and then there's a, a consequence not unlike the uh, the singularity last season. Um, in which, it, and it might be, you know, like, you know, uh, what the accelerator does to Wally and or Jesse or something like that. And that could be the, uh, uh, the cliffhanger at the end of it. Uh, but I, I'm sure they're doing that because, uh, you know, just from last season and it's, it's so very Smallville to end the season with the cliffhanger. Uh, and, and they do seem to be, uh, taking a lot of uh, pages out of the, uh, the Smallville playbook. Not that that's necessarily a bad thing. It was a successful show for many years. But, uh, okay, so we've only got, what, three episodes left this season? Uh, care to uh, do a little spoilering about that? Sure thing. It's time to get a little spoilery. Let's dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of The Flash. This is an official spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Check out our fa- official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com slash the Central City Chronicle. So the ratings came in, and apparently with The Flash, it was at 3.39 mil. Uh, per 1.3, so it was about a tenth up, which, uh, which you would see mostly because of the end of nearing the end of the season. So I would, you would imagine that now viewers are starting to get hooked and they want to know what in the world is going to happen. So TV Line asked Andrew Kressberg about Harry's new plan to bring back the Flash's speed, and he answered, "Quote: The next episode is about the." Uh, efficacy of doing that Harry thinks that between his particle accelerator explosion on Earth 2 and what he learned from what Thon of what the Thon version of Wells did on Earth 1 he can contain it and just get Barry his power back his powers back but it's complicated and it's dangerous everyone including Barry has to sort of decide if this is the right way to go considering the craziness that ensued last time they're sort of faced with the damned if you do, a damned if you don't, because Zoom is about to unleash a reign of terror on the city. Given what they're up against, a Joe who's always been so protective of Barry, surprisingly, is the one who says, "Maybe we should give this a shot." So, hmm, that's that's not very Joe-like, but I kind of like where they're going with this. I feel like Joe is more on the premise. You know what? Fuck it, just do it. Because we're running out of options, I say, got nothing to lose. I feel like that's well, the I route that he, they're they're gonna take him. Also, next episode, uh, Barry's dad comes back, so that will allow you know Joe oh, to take that yes. one side. Whereas you know Barry's dad can be the more no no no, you can't put yourself at risk this way. So it sort of makes more sense for that. 
And speaking of which, in fact, all of Barry's father figures engage in the debate. As John Wesley's ship returns as Harry Allen, as you mentioned, Kresberg continues, quote, There's a great scene between Barry's three fathers, essentially, where all three of them are sort of debating what their son should do. Not all of them have to have the take on it that you'd expect. And I think it's what makes for such an interesting scene. So they're saying that scene is going to be really interesting. And then someone asked... Do you know anything about the episode of The Flash that Katie Cassidy, who, as just in case of no one's aware, who played Laurel Lance as Black Canary, will be guest starring in on May 17th? Executive producer Todd Helbing said, quote, like most of Earth 2 metahumans, Black Siren is under the thumb of Zoom. She's a powerful, very powerful metahuman. She's considered to be very sassy, strong and capable. And apparently, Katie really nailed the performance. So I really want to see how they're going to do it. That's going to be really interesting. And also, press release for episode 20, which is titled Rapture. Zoom arrives back on Earth 1, intent on taking over Central City. Barry and Wells come up with a plan to stop Zoom once and for all, but it's extremely dangerous. Unsure if he should take the risk, Barry reaches out to both fathers for advice. Henry is adamantly opposed to Barry risking his life again, but Joe thinks he can handle it, which puts these two men at odds with each other. Meanwhile, Cisco is shocked when he vibes the Earth 2 villain uh, Rupture, who happens to be his brother Dante's doppelganger. Rupture came to this Earth seeking justice for Reburb's death, and Iris decides she finally is ready to open up to Barry about her feelings. Oh, man, that's going to be so good. Oh, and I still have a little bit more. And press release for episode 21, which is titled The Runaway Dinosaur, uh, goes with the information that we were given is, with Barry gone, the team must figure out a way to handle the return of an old enemy, which was Grider. Realizing Grider is retracing his steps from his last attack, Iris volunteers to act as bait to trap him in the star labs meanwhile barry fights to return to his old life and it's directed by kevin smith for that one they also released the press release for episode 22 which is titled invincible katie cassidy guest stars as black siren as i had mentioned earlier and the synopsis that was given was that after zoom unleashes an army of earth 2 metahumans on central city Barry is shaken when he sees their leader is Black Canary's Earth 2 doppelganger, the Black Siren. Meanwhile, Wally takes to the streets to help the Flash stop the metahumans, which worries Joe. And Iris and Henry are concerned about Barry taking on Zoom. And then the title for episode 23, which is The Flash versus Zoom. Uh, May sweeps preview and finale spoilers are from TV Line. And the pre-finale says that now that Zoom has Barry's speed, it was quoted, quote, In these last five episodes, the pieces start to fall together and you see exactly what his endgame is, says co-showrunner Aaron uh, Helbing. He says that there's definitely a method to his madness. For Barry, it's going to take some adjusting to the life in the slower lane co-showrunner Ton Helbing says, though the question of somehow reacquiring his speed is certainly brought up. Elsewhere, Wally has a different reaction than others have had to Barry's secret. 
While Cisco is hit pretty hard to discover that his brother is Earth 2 villain Rupture, though the real the reveal brings him and Dante closer together over in Earth 1. And the season finale has the date on May 24th, and it says that last year's finale was chock full of emotion and spectacle, and we tried to raise the bar, says uh, Todd. Quote, Grant posted about how insanely emotional the finale is, and emotion really is driving it. But the vastness of the showdown is pretty epic. On a lighter note, there might be a grand gesture from Barry loving Iris. Aaron hints, while as for the man in the iron mask reveal, you will not see it coming, as what Todd had said. And that's all the spoilers I have. Good lord, that's enough, man. <laughs> right? It's hard to believe all that's going to happen, like, in the next month. Good I lord. I know. I'm so um, ready. Uh, appropriately enough for The Flash, we are rushing towards the season finale, and we're rushing towards the end of this episode. So join us next time for a brand new installment of the Central City Chronicle. Visit papichuloradio.com slash archives to download this episode and many more. Registered users will gain access to our archives of previously aired broadcasts. You can also download tonight's broadcast through iTunes. Just search for the Central City Chronicle and subscribe. Please like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash the Central City Chronicle. Also like Poppy Chulo Radio on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. Email us via contact at poppychuloradio.com with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns. If you're interested in joining the Poppy Chulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor, email talent at poppychuloradio.com. Mike, wish the listeners good night. Have a great night, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for a brand new installment of the Central City Chronicle. Good night. <laughs>